Welcome to the Try Self Love Podcast. I'm your host, Becky Barber, and I'm a Master Life and Relationship Coach. I'm your host, Kristen Dicker, and I'm a Transformational Health and Wellness Life Coach. If you're curious about what self-love is, you've come to the right place. Each week, we'll dive deeper into the steps it takes to develop self-love. Here we go. Welcome to episode 15. We are so excited to be here with you guys. And before we begin, I just want to tell our listeners, we've been getting some input on things you want us to talk about. So if you have a topic you'd love for us to cover, drop us an email at tryselflovepodcast at gmail.com or join our Facebook group. It's Try Self Love. It's free and we love listener input. Kristen, I'm super excited. How have you been? I have been absolutely wonderful. How about you? (laughs) I'm hanging in there. I'm glad you're wonderful. That's good. Anything you want to share? Um, No, I just, you know, the more you talk and do things related to self-love, the more you start to resonate deeply with being in love with yourself. And it's magical. It changes your whole life. It's, I can't say enough about it. I could say a lot about it, but I won't. I won't take our time saying a lot about it, but it's uh, it's magnificent, honestly. I just it's kind of making me feel like a little emotional, actually. <laughs> I just noticed. Yeah, it's great. How are you? Oh no, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I'm okay. I was awake from one to four this morning, and I could not sleep. I was overheated. I've got some stuff going on with my hormones, and then the supplement that my doctor put me on has been bad news. So. I was doing what you were just talking about. I was sitting there on the couch practicing some self-love, telling myself, it's okay. We figured it out. I am not going to make you take this anymore. And I thought that would help me go back to sleep, but it still took a while. But hey, like we said last time, my avatar is tired but happy. I've been tired before. I'll be tired again, and I can still have a great day. So here we go, having a great day. Perfect. Love it. Love it. Well, today we wanted to do a little anti-resolution January 1st kind of thing. A lot of people every year, they'll, and I'm one of them, you know, I'll sit down and write my my goals for the year, my resolutions. And I think one year it was just getting so long and I was looking at this list like, I'm never going to do this. There's like 30 things. And why do we do this to ourselves? I didn't look up any of the statistics, but I know it's pretty high the amount of people that say they're going to start exercising and before the month is over, they haven't anymore. So we kind of wanted to do a little bit of a different take and just talk about what we're not going to do in 2022. Kristen and I will both be sharing what we've come up with. But before we dive into that, we want to talk about just goals, habits, things that we want to implement that we know are good for us, but without going overboard into like beating ourselves up for quote unquote failing or having such impossibly high expectations of ourselves that it just is never going to work. And then we are so upset and we could have avoided it. So I guess when we were talking about this episode, we decided we'd have like midway goals. I don't know, just making them more realistic. But that sounds like a good, I think we should coin that. (laughs) <laughs> or like the midway goal or the midway. We say, oh, it's us, it's us. Let's copyright that. <laughs> we'll get you midway. <laughs> I like that. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because I mean, the example was you've never worked out and all of a sudden you're going to work out seven days a week without fail. You swear to yourself. And instead, we're just offering you like a halfway point. Because let's be real. 
if you're going from not working out to working out, I mean, good for you, but you will be sore. And so you don't want to hit it too hard to the point where you injure yourself or you get to a point where you're like, this sucks. I'm never going to do this again. And then you're worse off almost. So that's what we want to talk about today. Do you have anything you want to say, Kristen? I've kind of been chatting. I'm very hyper right now. So I'm just going <laughs> a mile a minute. Um. I just wanted to add on to that part about not exercising, or if you used to be like an exerciser, I used to be like pretty hardcore with my exercise. And then over the years, I've sort of not done it as much. I used, I'm just an all or nothing sort of person, which I'm working on. That's the one thing I'm working on. Um, And if you think, oh, I used to be a runner and this is what I did, or I used to be a biker or something, and then you hit it really hard like you're saying, you can get hurt or you can get burnt out and you can, or you can feel like, oh, I'm not getting the results I got when I was 25. Well, now you're 50. It's not going to be as quick. And as also, you might have to take it slower. Your heart rate may need to be, you know, adjusted. You, you may need to adjust to your new heart rate level that you can maintain without, you know, going to like 180 beats a minute if that's what you went to. Now you might have to get keep it at 140. I mean, so there are things that you have to consider and we go overboard we find ourselves really sometimes feeling like, I, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I, what am I trying to approve here? So we want to help you ease into goals. Go, the, go, the health goals are amazing and they're, they're really good for you. But let's find a way to do it in a way that's manageable. Yes, I love that. That's always our main goal is to something that's attainable and sustainable. So thank you for that. Um, I also want to just put a little plug in for taking care of your mental health because as someone who always writes a to-do list that's way too long for the 24 hours I've been given, it doesn't feel good. (laughs) Let's just say that. Your mental health suffers when you expect too much from yourself. You are human. And maybe you're an amazing human. You probably are. We all are. But if you're starting to expect way too much of yourself and then beating yourself up when you don't achieve it, then that's really going to take a toll on you mentally and it can cause some depression. And as Kristen was just saying, health goals are great. We want everyone to be healthy. I, some of mine that I'm going to share later involve physical health as well as mental health. But we got to take it a little slower. And we're not here to talk anyone out of their goals, but we just really want to just ease into them and make it so it's a successful and positive experience for our listeners this year. Right. And um, the other thing, like what we do with our coaching is we really want you to be able to make small changes that make you feel successful. And so if you are just biting off more than you can chew, you just you're going to start to feel like I can't, I can't do this. And, and then you, what are you going to do? Just me back to square one. So, you know, really being gentle with yourself is part of loving yourself and having compassion for what you can do and what you want to do. I mean, really, really it's about what do I want to do? What kind of exercise, what kind of food do I want to eat that helps me feel good in my body and love myself rather than punish myself? That's such a good point. I love that. I very rarely ask myself, what do I want to do? So I think that's a key element. If you're going to actually follow through on your goals, it should be something you want to do, not that you feel obligated to do or that someone else is pressuring you to do. If you're happy with the way you look, don't make a goal about losing pounds that you don't think you need to lose. Make it more about being stronger or spending more time outside, elevating those vitamin D levels and helping offset depression. Who knows what you're struggling with, but try and cater your goals to something that 
it really is important to you that resonates with you and is in alignment with your values. Definitely. And another thing about that is when you are doing things that you love doing, you start to change from the inside out. You start to love yourself. Like that's just the way it is. I mean, you can be eating the foods you love. You can be moving your body in the way you love. You can be talking to friends. You can be working the job you love. Whatever it is that you're doing that you love doing, it doesn't matter if I'm, you know, walking and you're running a marathon next month. If you love doing that and it works for you, awesome. If walking works for me, that is enough. And it, it is very important to know that just regarding movement alone, any movement matters and counts, okay? Any movement so that you can, as you age. So it could be stretching, it could be walking, it could be biking, anything. Even just walking up your stairs to take laundry to your your rooms, you know, it, it's enough. Just make sure you're moving, you know, make sure you do. And if you love vacuuming, by all means, vacuum. <laughs> just do what you love to do. It works. <laughs> yeah. It helps a lot. Yeah. No, I love that. You know, as health and life coaches, we help our clients take a bigger goal and just break it down so that we can know which step comes next and we don't get overwhelmed. That's something that we love to do. So for those bigger goals, try to break them down. Maybe if you wanted to go from couch to 5K, they have so many great programs out there. So you follow along and then it teaches you you're going to walk for a minute, run for a minute. Then eventually, you know, you'll be running longer than you walk if that's your goal. But the internet is a great, great resource. We also would love to hear from you. As I mentioned at the beginning, you can email us or mention something in the the Try Self Love Facebook group. We love to help people. We love to break down these sometimes insurmountable goals and help people achieve them because it gives you such a boost. It's important to do something out of your comfort zone every day, I would say. And it doesn't have to be enormously out of your comfort zone, but Just doing something different is so good for our brains. Trying something, seeing what you're capable of, discovering a new hobby. All of this, in my opinion, is an important part of making goals for the next year. Just discovering more of who you are because then you'll see that there's more to love even. Right. And I love that. And also just changing the pathway that you're on. You've been, been, you kind of have this trench of a pathway that you've formed Regarding a lot of things in life, your beliefs, your habits, <clears throat> you know, your behaviors. And if you consciously are aware that you're going to change a habit and you take the small steps to change it, over time, that creates a new pathway in your brain where you are on that new path. And that's the new trench. And that can be in the form of beliefs. That can be in the form of you know, love over fear that can be in the form of exercise or eating right. But consciously, you, you've got to work with your conscious mind and your subconscious mind may have other ideas. And that's something that, you know, we work with paid clients on in terms of shifting that. But consciously, if you just want to make different habits, you can use your conscious mind to do that. You know, you can direct, you can direct that. And so, but you just got to, you want to take it slowly because if you bite off more than you can chew, like I said, you may backfire. Yeah, and another thing we we offer as coaches or you could do through friends is find someone who will hold you accountable and not in a mean way, but in an encouraging, like we're your cheerleader supporting way. 
hey, how's it going with that goal to cook three times a week, which is my goal, and sometimes it's going well. But if you have someone who will check in with you, that can really be a good way to stay on track but not feel like pressure, like you're you're stressed, but just to help you keep going and stay motivated. I love that that's your goal to cook three times a week. I think as moms, we often take on this idea, or maybe just women, that we have to cook every single day or we're not doing it right. And I personally get, get, like I said, I'm kind of all or nothing. And if I think, oh, if I didn't cook every night this week, I'm a bad mom, um, which is not true. <laughs> Actually, it's not true. It has nothing to do with if I'm a good mom or not. My children still eat. I mean, don't not feed them. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, yes, I'm also very all or nothing, but I try and be realistic and especially with the cooking. So I usually do, if I let myself off the hook and I'm like, you only have to do it three times a week. Sometimes it'll even be four or five. So let's just be clear about that. But the other day, my daughter was homesick and there's just a lot going on and we do sugar twice a week at our house, and it was a sugary day. So they had sugary cereal for dinner, and they were ecstatic. And I was like, who cares? Letting it go. They're happy. They're fed. <laughs> we'll Love try it. again tomorrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is, this is very, very important. It's very important to let ourselves off the hook for life. <laughs> we are not going to do it perfectly probably any day of any month of any year. You know, like we might get it 98% sometimes, or we might get it 30%. <laughs> and all of it is okay, really. Just just remember that, you guys. It's, it's all okay. Whatever you can do, you know, you're still here. You're still alive. You still love your family. You still love yourself. You still love your partner. You still love your friends. You know, you're still here. You're still making the best out of it. I think that's really cool thing to remember. that. So that's really cool, the thing I just said that I should remember. <laughs> I love what you just said, and it is really cool. (laughs) And I think it's really cool that you're giving kudos to yourself because that's what we're all about in this podcast. I tell you, and this is where self love is not conceited. I do not feel conceited when I say that. I just wanted to give myself a shout out for saying something really awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We got to celebrate those moments. Way to go, Kristen. Thank you. Another good important part of making and keeping habits is to find a way to anchor in that habit or remind yourself. So sticky notes are a great way, but just be be aware that after about a week, your brain no longer sees them. It's just become part of the background. So you have to change them and move them around, but they are a good way to get your attention as long as you're rotating through them. Another good thing, you know, reminders on your phone maybe pairing things. There was a time where I didn't let myself watch any TV unless I was on my treadmill. I was trying to win a contest with some friends. And so, I mean, I got on my treadmill a whole lot more than I would have otherwise. I think I was into a really good show. But just pairing habits also helps. Like every night, we usually pair like flossing with brushing our teeth. So just habit stacking like that is a good way to help yourself stay on track and remember, oh yeah, I have this goal. Mm, I love that. I think that's really great. And I love the sticky notes comment because I've had a sticky note up for about five (laughs) weeks and I just realized I haven't looked at it in like four weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we get too used to it. I just looked at it again though. So since you said that, so there you go. (laughs) Well, good. It's working again. 
Well, we'd love to hear whatever health goals or other goals you've set in motion for 2022. And shifting gears a little bit, we're going to talk about our personal things that we are not going to do in 2022. So, Kristen, I'll just start, and then we'll just discuss, and then we'll go on to yours, if that's all right. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, the number one thing that I am no longer going to do for 2022 is respond to passive-aggressive subtext. Like, if someone's rolling their eyes or huffing or just, like, really angry, but they don't want to talk about it, I am choosing to ignore it. I'm going to let them own their stuff and approach me if they want, whenever they want. Oh, I love this one so much. I can't even stand it. It's the best. I wish that this was mine. It's going to be mine too. I'm going to steal it because, or share it because. (laughs) I love it. Do it. (laughs) Yeah. It's along the lines of like being like needing to be codependent with someone, babysitting them, changing their diapers, the whole thing, because you feel like you have to read their minds. You can't read people's minds. They have to tell you what they want or need. And then it's not my responsibility or your responsibility to pull it out of someone. Like the adults can say adult things. I know it's scary. I know it's scary sometimes to say what you really want to say or what you need and to be vulnerable. But you cannot expect the other person to read your mind and then you get mad and you huff and puff and roll your eyes and get sarcastic or whatever you do that shows them that you're really upset that they don't understand what you're talking about when you're not saying anything at all. It's so frustrating. And I'm so glad that you're not going to allow that anymore. And so are you just going to walk away? Are you going to try to ask them what they want? What are you going to do? Well, I do feel like I need to put a little disclaimer here because this is, I'm talking about adults, right? With my kids, I'm going to teach them. I'm going to outright say, hey, that's a little bit passive aggressive. Is there something you want to say? I'm teaching them so they can have this emotional intelligence as they leave. Mm -hmm. This is adults. Mm -hmm. So um, I'll probably just ignore it. And if I need to leave the room, then I'll leave the room. But I think just not even addressing it, like that gray rock method that we've talked about, that's just going to be my go-to. I know, honestly, like I've spent years and years trying to talk to certain people about this and try to help them. And I just, the thinking about it is making me want to take a nap. I mean, it's such an energy drain. <laughs> right. <laughs> it really is. And I and I don't want to make light of this. And I'm laughing a lot today about things, but I don't want to make light of this. It's It's so serious to me. It's just... It makes such separation between people. I just, I, I love that you're doing that. And I'm going to do that too. I'm stealing that. I'm sharing that. I can't, I can't I want to say that again. I'm sharing that with you. <laughs> <laughs> Share away. Good. I'm glad you like that one. I liked that one too. That one came to me immediately. The other two have been a little bit of a struggle. So what I have for number two, and I'll give a little backstory. Every January 1st, for the last seven years, I'm like, I'm quitting sugar. I'm never going to have sugar again. I definitely hate what it does to me. I mean, I want to take a nap within minutes of taking any kind of sugar into my body. So I've never been able to quit it so far. And I want to be more realistic and do like we said, our halfway midway goals, whatever we're calling them. So, you know, I did really well this year until about April. And then it was like, oh, once a week is fine. And now, like I mentioned, it's twice a week. And for me, it's really, I'm hiding. I have chocolate in my bedroom. Like I'm, I'm eating it whenever I want. So I want to switch my goal to instead of having any treats that come out of a package, if I want a treat, then I am going to make it. And I'm not going to use regular sugar. I'll use like agave or 
um, maple syrup, something little bit better for you that doesn't cause such extreme blood sugar crashes. But I think it'll also cause me to just slow down a little bit as I'm making it. Like, hey, what am I feeling that's telling me that I actually don't need this, but I think I need this. So I think it'll be good. I think it's a good attainable, sustainable goal. I think that's really, really great um, that you notice how sugar feels in your body. It's just, that's really amazing when you notice that your energy levels after eating certain things is so important to have that body self-awareness. And I think this is a great goal for you. Um, it's a great goal for everyone actually to just pay attention to what we, what we are eating and how it makes us feel. It's really, it's key to a lot of health and weight loss and things like that. So kudos to your goal. Thank you. I do want to point out a lot of people have the misconception that like a health coach is totally on top of it. And I am not. Spoiler alert. So if I can get a handle on the sugar, though, I really feel like it would help with energy and possibly help with my sleep. So I'm really excited about that one. So I appreciate your support on this one, Kristen. Maybe you can be my accountability partner. <laughs> Always, darling. Always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you can be mine, too, because I have the same trouble with sugar. So it's good. I was still, I'm just going to steal all of your ideas and add to mine. And I'll have a whole long list. <laughs> We're, yeah, we'll, we'll both... <laughs> We'll both end up with six instead of three. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, then by the end of it, we'll have one that we need to. <laughs> if we're no, trying to love ourselves. We're doing it. Yeah, we're doing <laughs> it. Okay. Um, what else do you have there? Yeah, my third and final one is kind of silly, but between the hours of 10 a.m. and noon, every single day, I'm going to really work on not being mean to myself, but on loving myself, being more of a cheerleader, like being more intentional about that time and just, yeah, maybe nurturing and trying to be a better self-love podcast person. That's wonderful. It's especially helpful when we can notice um, our thoughts like that and our old patterns and tapes of the programs that we have running in our head a lot of the time, most of the time probably. Uh, we don't even notice the thoughts, right? So if we, if you're able to like really catch those thoughts between 10 and a.m. and 12 p.m. every day <laughs> and challenge them, uh, I like your goal. I don't, I'm not laughing at you. I just think it's a cute goal. It's a smart goal. It's a smart goal, really, um, and um, very worth your time. It's your time and effort, really. We, we should be spending our time doing self-loving things. And I'm going to use a should there because um, that's, that's like a full-time job to love ourselves and it becomes second nature, but it's also just makes everything else in life just flow so much more easily and better, you know. Yeah, I am hoping that those two hours will spill into the rest of the day, but I didn't want it to be like all day, every day. I'm going to be the most amazing supporter of myself. So we'll see. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just that midway again, you know? Yeah. So mine is, I don't want to be sitting so much. I've been sitting a lot at my desk. I don't know if a lot of uh, people out there can relate to, you know, working, sitting at their desks. And it creates a lot of problems. I've, I've uh, developed a herniated disc, and I think it may be related to sitting a lot, not moving as much, gaining some weight. Um, and... I am making a goal to move more. And as I said earlier, movement can be any, anything. Now I'm an all or nothing person. So of course I want to act like I'm going to get up and go start running right now, but I'm not because first of all, I have a herniated disc and I can't really run, but just getting a little bit more time in to move my body, even just walking or 
um, swimming or biking, which I also like to do, but, but in a reasonable way. And if I can't do that, at least stretch or get up and stand up every hour, walk around a little bit, you know, just, just something like that. And, and again, I'm taking it very gently and slowly because I'm trying to ease into doing things for my body that are loving rather than punishing it by going out and running, which would be punishment right now for my body because it's not in the shape to do that. So yeah, that's my goal. I love the sentiment behind this, Kristen. As you said, a lot of people really do use exercise to punish themselves for not looking the way that, you know, the media and Hollywood tells us we quote unquote should look. And so the fact that you're listening and that you are hurting and you're ready to take it more gently trying not to sit so much. I mean, they do say sitting is the new smoking as far as its harmful effects on us. So being very gentle as you like ease into this, I think is so key. And I love that you're just very aware and you're ready to take control of this situation. I'm really curious, are you going to set like a timer or how will you know when it's time to get up and and move around? Mm, I I think I am going to have to set a timer. I'm going to have to be aware of like 10 minutes to the hour, if, I have, if I'm not in a session or something, I'm going to have to get up. And even if I am, I can stand. You know, you can still stand. Standing is okay. Standing is actually really good for you because, you know, sitting is the new smoking, right? And so standing, it's definitely helpful. Even little things can be very, very helpful for our lives. So at least nothing else I can stand. I can walk around my room. I have an earbud or two. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I can walk a little bit around my office. So, yeah. Oh, good. I love it. Okay. What's number two? Uh, well, I'm going to work on my overscheduling problem. I have a tendency to fill my plate with way, 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 way too many things. I'm just really um, an overachiever. And I'm not saying that as a brag. I'm saying that as um, it's a problem. It's, it's, it's become an addiction. It's a problem for me. I need to scale it back and make more time to exercise <laughs> or spend more time with my kids or my animals, clean my house. You know, I have to have more balance in my life and I'm looking for balance. I've been working at this for a few months now and um, it's getting better. It's just going to take a little more effort, I think, but I'm, I'm being gentle about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I love that you shared that. Thank you for, I mean, that's pretty vulnerable, right? I, I used to be an overachiever, and then I was like, forget it. I'm not going to do anything. And so I kind of vacillate between the two. But you're really aware of this, and I'm sure it doesn't feel good to always be running from one thing to the next. So what are you hoping will, like, what will be the end goal, and how will you feel when you stop overscheduling and just, it's like the right amount of scheduling? I think I'll feel good. The problem with when we become workaholics or we, we overdo is we're trying to run away from our feelings often. And I never thought I was a runner from my feelings. Um, but I think there is a part of me that likes to feel like I've got it in control. I'm doing it right. I'm going to achieve the things I say I'm going to do, which none of that is bad. Right. But it's just becomes, like I said, a little bit of a, an addiction or a compulsion in order to avoid boredom. And boredom is kind of a fear response. Boredom is kind of a coming from a place of like, um, you know, if I'm not doing something and I'm just being bored, I'm a loser, you know, and that's not true, you know? So it's all about slowing down and being with myself instead of covering it up with paperwork and things, you know? So 
It is vulnerable. You're right. As you're saying that, I was starting to feel a little emotional, like, wow, this is bigger than I realized. And so obviously it's a good time for me to sit here and kind of not over schedule. <laughs> well, no, I do appreciate you sharing it because I know it's going to help our listeners. It helps me. I love when we get real and we open up, right? I mean, we're doing this podcast. We're not perfect at it. So we're trying to help other people and ourselves. But the fact that you're recognizing what you're doing and why, it's its really beautiful. And I think personally, selfishly, I love when you schedule me in or we talk or we plan things for the podcast and for our business. I love all of that. But I know, you know, taking that minute for yourself, that's going to be helpful too and get us a lot further. So I just really like your example in this one. Thanks for Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, no, and I love it. And the thing is, I love my work and I love helping people. And that's why it's hard for me sometimes not to just keep giving, but in that way. But, you know, when we overgive like that, that could just be such a a response to like trauma, really. It's kind of just like, I need to give so that I'm lovable. And so you'll think I'm good enough, you know. So it can be balanced. I can still love giving and not have to give so I get something. You know, there can be, it can be both. So, yeah, I'm glad I used that example, too. Thank you for allowing me to share that. (laughs) Yeah. So one last thing. Now you'll just be giving to yourself as well because you really are a giving person. So thank you. Yes, I I think this is um, this is a good thing to remember is to always give to ourselves as well. It's very, very important first, actually. And then you can give to people in a much healthier way as well. Okay. Yeah. So the third one is. I am working on loving my body and I have had some struggles with that. Um, Whether I was thin or not, looking in the mirror has never been easy for me as I have a lot of body dysmorphia and body image issues. And I am loving myself so much more as I indicated in the beginning of this podcast, but it helps. Um, It helps to be able to look at yourself when you love yourself and you fill up on that love first especially for a lot of women out there who have problems with our body image from just society in general and the messages we get. Um, And as I've mentioned several times in this podcast, and I will say again, I am an all or nothing thinker. So if I'm not looking perfect, I feel ashamed of myself and it causes a massive fear spiral, massive shame and self-loathing spiral. And I don't want to feel that way anymore because I don't need to, like, I'm good just the way I am. Sure, I could work out a little more. Sure, I could eat better. It's a work in progress. You know, we're all just doing the best we can. There's a lot of stress in our lives. Sometimes we do the wrong things when we're under stress. Let's just love ourselves. Let's just do the best we can and appreciate right now. I'm where I'm at because of the things I've done to myself, the punishment, the the starvation or the overeating or the whatever we do to ourselves, um, so now is a new moment to just get it, to change it a little, modify it, you know, but, but take it slowly. And so I'm working on that this year, next year. I love that. So you, you're taking one of mine. I want to take that one too. I want to share that one. I love that. But yes. I do have a question. So that seems not unattainable, but like a big one, you know, to go from one way to the next. Are, what, what's a baby step mm-hmm. that, that yeah, I can take and that, yeah, that like our listeners could take? Yeah, that's a great question because, right, it does sound like, I'm just going to love my body. No, it's something I I have been working on a little here and there. But, yeah, it is a process of appreciating um, your body. The the parts of your body that you can appreciate first is what I would recommend if I was coaching you, um, where you would just appreciate, like, if you appreciate your elbow. Like, let's just say it's something very neutral. 
Um, and maybe your elbow is not neutral. For me, my elbow is pretty neutral. Or something that I actually do love is like my eyes or my smile, right? And you can look in the mirror, you can look in your eyes and say, I love you. Um, some people think that's weird, but it gets so much easier. You start to really um, believe it. And that fills you up with that self-love so that maybe you'll take the next step to loving another part of yourself or looking in the mirror at yourself. But if you can't look in the mirror, which I know is a thing, you can start to form a connection and a relationship with your body parts and appreciate them for what they do for you. Like if you can walk every day or you can um, open your eyes and see, I mean, these don't, they, we take this for granted, but people who can't do these things, you know, that's very hard for them. Right. And then they wish that they could see, they wish that they could walk. Right. And we take it for granted. And it's like, Oh, I'm just upset about my love handles. Well, I'm really, really glad that I was able to have the children, my children, they came out of this body and this body got misshapen and I don't blame my kids for it. I love them. I'm so glad that my body did this, you know? So I want to appreciate and love my body for what it has done and what it continues to do. My heart beats every day. I get to wake up every morning and play with my dogs, you know? So really, really loving our bodies and appreciating them, even in the smallest way, just right in the beginning of those little baby steps can create a bigger relationship of love with your body. That's such great advice. Um, someone just told me this quote the other day. It says, every cell in your body is eavesdropping on your thoughts. So if you're like looking in the mirror and like, I hate this and I wish this looked different. I mean, your body knows that and it will respond. So I like your idea. I think for me, because I like to write, I think I'm going to write something every day that I like that my body can do or has done for me or that I like about it. So these are great tips. Yeah, I love that. And you're right, that part about your body it does. It listens to everything you're saying, every cell. It loves you so much that it wants to do whatever you want it to do. So if you want to be fat and your body is like, uh, you know, going to help you out with it because it thinks you need to be protected for something from something or someone, or um, you might need some extra insul- insulation or something. It just, it's listening and it's like, okay, if you need to be fat, we'll put on, we'll eat more, you know, we'll put on weight whatever you need. I love you. It's like that book, The Giving Tree, which is my favorite book in the whole universe. If you have not read that book, Shel Silverstein, it's like the best book ever. I'm plugging Shel Silverstein. Is that okay? I, <laughs> that I so hate that book. I can't <gasps> believe we don't agree on this. <laughs> no, I thought you were loving it. <laughs> No, I hate it. She has uh, no boundaries. I she know, gives away she everything. I, the boy takes and takes I and know. takes. I think it's like such a horrible commentary on like men and women. And oh, oh my gosh, what do you love about it? Tell me I what you love, love about it. Okay, I, I no, I agree with what you're saying. Really, I do. Uh, I also just, love, but I love her unconditional love for him. Now she doesn't have boundaries. She doesn't have unconditional love for herself. I will agree that that's not good. But I love that she. It just makes me cry. Maybe it makes me cry because I think of my body and I've always loved trees and I've always like felt very sturdy and grounded um, in myself and in my body. And that's the one thing, why, one reason I kind of like my body in a sense is because it's kind of just strong. But um, she reminds me of our bodies, the way we take and take and take and that body, our bodies just keep giving. And it's very sad to me which is why I love the book. It's, it's, it's like, it's beautiful that this tree gives life, right? And gives this boy everything. But it's so sad how he treats her and how 
we treat our bodies the same way. I think there's a real deep connection for me with this book because of that. And I really never thought about it entirely until this conversation. So I'm glad we had this, but yeah, that's why I love it. It just, but you're right. I totally hear what you're saying. I love that. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate your perspective because when you do look at it that way, yeah, we, we do abuse our bodies. And I, I'm telling you, 10 years ago, I was like, I hate this and this, and now I'd give anything for that body 10 years ago. So oh, yeah. we really need to appreciate what we have and love our bodies because, I mean, look at everything we can do, really. It, it really is a miracle. Just life is a miracle. Absolutely. Well, on that happy note, I can't believe we found something we disagree on. I mean, we've known each other so long, so this is funny. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, it's good. No, it's fine. I mean, we're still fine, but it's just funny. I know. Anyway, we'll close up today. We went a little long today, but I think this was a great episode. I'm super excited about it. I'm excited for 2022. I know a lot of our listeners in the world are just hoping for a better year than we've had the last couple of years with the pandemic and Work on what you can because we really can't control what's going to happen with COVID or anything else that's going on. But you can work on yourself, loving yourself, making goals that will help you be healthier, and, and being able to love those people around you better too. So I hope you guys have a wonderful New Year's, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you. If you like what you've been learning about self-love, come join us in our free Facebook group, Try Self-Love. We'd also appreciate if you'd leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. That way your friends and family and others who need us can find us. We're so glad you're here. See you next week.